0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, T-shirts, and hoodies. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, Modern Cowboy, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey, everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand, and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern calendar. Every Friday
1: afternoon, a hitch of the trailer.
0: Saddle up old rock and ice
1: down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and bend.
2: We got them rusted out
1: pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the rope and
0: everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, Super excited to have my guests on today. Um, It seems like I've been having a lot of bull riding stuff on the podcast lately. Uh, And uh, this guy right here is in the mix of all of it. I've got Dennis Davis of Dennis Davis Bucking Bulls. Uh, We actually were uh, tried to get him on the podcast, I don't know, I think it was last year maybe, and then uh, around August, and then finally we got it it hooked up and got it done. But uh, anyway, uh, Dennis, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast glad to be here so hey you're in texas right now where you live right yes yes and you, i'm in, you, in texas just west of houston and uh, are you getting ready to head out to a, a rodeo right now or a bull riding uh yes actually i'm headed to uh
3: the casper wyoming pvr i'll leave thursday thursday morning
0: you know it, it's it's interesting I, I just had sean willingham on the on the podcast uh, last week and you know, uh, it, it just bull riding has in the, in the PBR has grown so much. It's, it's almost hard to keep up with all the events and all the different levels, uh, and tours that are in it. Uh, I think back, you know, to like when Sean was riding and, and, um, oh, uh, Luke, um, Oh, I don't know why his name's escaping me, but Ross Coleman, uh, Luke Snyder, yeah, uh, you I'm know, sure. all the, yeah, all them guys, you know, it seemed like it was easier to keep track of the, the riders and, and the bulls. And now there's, there's, uh, again, it's just grown so big. Uh, how did, how did you get started in the buck and bull industry?
3: Well, the way I got started, I've, uh, I've always, you know, rodeoed at, uh, at, at some level, um, uh, because, of course, where I'm from, here in you know South Texas, west of Houston, I mean everybody, everybody rodeos. I mean everybody's in, in all kinds of sports. I think it's just a a, a Texas thing. And uh, I actually ran track in in college. My coach wouldn't let me rodeo while I was <laughs> in college, but as soon as I was done, I went <clears throat> excuse me. I went back to rodeo, and I knew uh, I knew Billy James of uh, of Southern uh rodeo he was uh-huh. a prca and a, a cpra you know south texas stock contractor and i remember going to his rodeos and uh i was working you know had a job but rodeoing on the weekends and i'd worked for igloo products there in brookshire texas and i passed by billy james's place like every day going to work and you know i'd see the bulls out there and and uh i think even for a while he Early on, he had bareback horses, you know. So I saw all this rodeo stuff going on out there. And uh, one day, I read this article where he was uh, taking a load of bulls out to to Vegas for the million dollar for charity. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, man, I've always wanted to go to Vegas. I've always wanted to be at PBR, you know, top level. I Always wanted to be at the NFR. Of course, I wasn't that caliber of rider. I mean, I was able to hold my hold my own from weekend to weekend, but you know, that was just a whole different. Uh, Whole different category there and uh so i stopped by there one day and was uh, you know looking for a job you know right. just say, hey is there something i can do around here i've got a computer background so he was like well the only thing i kind of got is you know working on this database and i need a computer guy to kind of you know help me work with it and you know we'll see so uh <clears throat> he heard <clears throat> excuse me he hired me on and um uh, of course we built this this database which seems to take i don't know maybe six weeks so i'm getting disappointed at this point because i'm thinking man what is there to do after i finish this because this this part is easy for me right. we've been rock and roll with this computer deal but you know i want to kind of hang on and coincidentally his uh his flank guy or his head trainer at uh i don't know if he quit on him or or what the deal was but you know, we were at lunch one day and he says how would you like to be my flank man i says what do you mean? He goes, "How would you like to be my my trainer, you know, for the for the Bulls?" I was like, "Well, heck, yeah!" I said, "Honestly, that's what I signed up for, <laughs> you know." And uh, and so it kind of went from there. I mean, from from day one, we started, you know, working with the Bulls, and then finally he turned me loose with it after after a couple weeks, and it was in the 2018. He uh, you know decided to call it quits uh or not totally call it quits but just decide to just do away with exclusive genetics which was the creation of bucking bulls and reselling them and then putting on the million dollar for charity uh but when he decided to do that of course all the employees were, were were laid off but at that point i was already thinking i mean i haven't had enough of this i want to keep doing it so i just started beating the pines and i started uh you know dennis davis bucking bulls in 2019
0: no kidding. So I, for some reason yep. I, I thought it had been around longer than that, but so, and, and so then this is right before COVID on top of it. <laughs> right.
2: Right.
3: Uh, and, and it may seem longer cause uh, it was in 2012 when I actually started working with, uh, with exclusive genetics. I mean, okay. So I've, I've been around a while Okay. and um, you know, going to events, I mean like 48 weekends out of the year, year after year, just on the road every weekend. I mean, I've been doing that a while yeah, but I've just recently started on my own in two thousand and
0: nineteen. okay. And so now you own now you own bulls now, correct?
3: Yes, I, I own a hand, I own a handful of bulls, but the majority of my bulls,
0: I mean ninety nine percent of them actually belong
3: to someone else. Uh, my deal is similar to the horse racing industry. If you wanted to own a bucking bull, but you know you're busy with your job or your business, uh, I just have this turnkey operation to where, I take care of your bulls. I train them. I find events for them to go to, and I haul them there. Uh, I've got a few bulls of my own that uh-huh. I, particularly big bulls, right? Uh, rider bulls that I kind of put together for teams, or if I need some extras when I'm going somewhere for the, for that purpose.
0: Now, do you do you haul exclusively for, uh, you know, PBR, or do you haul for different uh, events too?
3: A uh, little, little bit of everything. I've got uh, the as far as the PBR goes, it's, uh, I've got uh, a couple of teams. Uh, it's a PBR franchise teams, where we have okay. the Bull team. That's what the Bull score plus the ride time. Okay, and it's on the Velocity Tour. So I hold that also to ABBI American Bucking Bull, you know, events. Right, um, and then the TBBA, which is the Texas bucketball you know, association that's here in Texas, and and I run up to uh, to Benito, Oklahoma up to the evolution bull competition. So uh, I, I do a little bit of everything because I, I handle yearlings all the way up to the maturity bulls, which are the older, you
0: know, five year old bulls
3: uh, plus. So I have to really beat the ponds and, and and find events for these bulls to go to.
0: Right. So and nowadays uh, I know that they, uh, you can, I, I guess, be a part owner in a bull. Uh, do, you, do you guys do that too? Or some of the bulls you guys own, are they owned by groups of people? and and uh, do you put that investment thing together too, or how's that work?
3: Yeah, well, uh, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Uh, the majority of the bulls are actually owned by individuals, one hundred percent. I'm in on a uh, a couple of bulls, but I try to you know stay away from you know owning too much you know on my own. Right. Um, you know, I haven't faced a conflict of interest, but I don't want to you know don't want to go there either, but. I do have some extra bulls that me and partners own that we use exclusively for uh, just adding to bull teams when needed or if we have to go somewhere and there's extras. But uh, most of the bulls, or the majority of them, are actually owned 100% by other individuals, people who have come to me uh, in inbox, just like you and I started communication and said, hey, right. what do I need to do to own a bucket bull? Right.
2: Uh,
3: i give them the information and then we, uh, we go from there. We grab a bull and, and go to play in the game.
0: Yeah, and so then, uh, obviously, uh, bulls have to score big to to make money. Uh, how you know how lucrative is it in terms of someone buying a bull? I mean, is it is it is it kind of like race horses too? Is it is that is it kind of a gamble or?
3: It's 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 definitely a gamble. Um, I, I tell people all the time, particularly first time owners or people who are inquiring about it. I says no and when you look at this as an investment please don't look at it as, as an investment and a, as a return on your money right um of course and it's understood that you know we all want a return if we're going to put some money into something we'd like a return but make sure you're investing in your fun and in your passion right uh, being able to travel across the country to these events to watch your to watch your bull right. but uh because whenever we win money and and we went often uh, right. most bulls in the compet- in uh, in the program, you know take care of themselves where owners are not paying monthly fees. Bulls are you know taking care of themselves. Right. But uh but for the most part you uh you enter and enter this I guess this uh I mean these programs or buck and bull ownership with the intent of having with having fun and winning is is actually a plus
2: a bonus. I it's, oh, gotcha. it's,
3: it's just like rodeo i mean it's just like riding you know riding bulls right. uh, i think a song said you know you you're gonna you know lose more than you win yeah you know, and that's <laughs> probably with most people every now and then someone will get a stinger and go win a world championship and win a whole bunch of money but that's uh there's only a place for for one of those bulls before you go so
0: yeah. You know, and there's been so many great bulls over the years. And, and like I was saying before, it seems like I used to be able to remember so many of the names of them, but now nowadays it's, it's, there's so many of them. It's hard. It's hard to keep up. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, how long do the bulls, you know, uh, are, are they able to compete and what's the, you know, is there a, a shelf life on them or, and if some bulls, do they just not work out, uh, from, you know, from the beginning and maybe buck them a little while and then they retire them or.
3: Right. Well, you know, there's that's something uh, genetically that uh, you know uh, people in the industry, you know, like myself, are, are are able to kind of find out and identify the genetics of those bulls with uh, with longevity. Right. Um, there are some bulls out there that uh, I mean, you're looking at 10 to 12 plus years, um, you know, of, of being in competition. Uh, but for the for the most part, when they start out as as young, I mean, we've we've identified these two groups. Uh, you can focus on the yearlings, which is a one-year-old bull, and you can even focus on the futurity bulls and get all you can out of those years. But the expectancy of a yearling bull all the way to a PBR finals world champion longevity of 12 to 15 years bucking, you know, is highly, is highly unlikely. Right. Uh, so now you have programs to where, you know, bulls will hit the ground and they're not even touched until they're three or four years old because they want that gas uh, or that longevity of those bulls longer but then again you have some some who really like the maturity game when we're bucking with the dummies and we'll mash on the gas from those bulls at an early age and hope they transition over to go on to be great uh successful uh, rider bulls
0: right yeah it's 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 interesting you know um to just see the progression of, of bull riding and and in particular PBR. I mean, I think the PBR has done so much for, uh, just the, the, the cowboy rodeo and Western lifestyle and culture. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about the, you talk about the athleticism and the genetics of the bulls. I I mean, you know, we know when we're watching them that these bulls, uh, they have it in them innately to buck, you know, um, and they, they really know their job. They know what they're doing. And, uh we, we've got uh, I, I had um, the guy on from western justice uh here recently and and they're they're trying to outlaw bull riding in uh in los angeles i guess um have have you uh have you been dealing with any of that yourself out there or i
3: uh, uh i haven't dealt with that uh directly um of course i hear um, you, know, you you hear you hear the news and i mean it, I mean, from jump, there's always been, I guess, what they would call them like animal rights activists. Because uh, when they're really, when they really don't understand, you know, the care that's being put into these bulls, right. uh, they basically turn on the television and see a bull bucking and screaming and hollering and kicking and tearing up stuff and hooking people. You know, it looks it looks cruel, but what they don't see is is that bull in the background. The owner walks up to him and pats him on the on the hump and says good job and you know give them a few cubes or something like that you know those are things we don't see right um i've uh accidentally you know developed a uh a huge tiktok audience um when the tiktok application came along right i i've used the tiktok to develop these videos so i could promote it through pr- promote the business through instagram and facebook so there uh cuz i didn't understand tiktok other than just creating a video or here uh recently it's kind of grown some and I and I get a lot of that. And um I've had a I had a bull at the at the vet. And you know how we have the hydraulic squeeze sheet. Right. And I videoed the bull basically walking out, but of course the 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 doors opened up. Right. The neck bar, you know, went up and, and I got so many comments about, oh, I thought you were gonna, you know, chop his head off and, <laughs> and look how cruel you know, you're, 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 uh, you are to these animals. And of course I don't, you know, fire back, you know, at these people because obviously they don't know. Right. I mean, what they've just experienced is no different from them being at the doctor. I mean, this, this boy here was, uh, you know, drenched to, to normalize the parasites and, right. uh, a bug spray got shots. Uh, he has just been tested for, you know, brucellosis and tuberculosis right. to have, the right. you know, and had hooves, trimmed and everything in this right. squeeze chute. You know and uh and they just don't know yeah. so i could see the people in california who just don't know want to outlaw this stuff because they they think it's cruel
0: right yeah and, and and in reality the last thing you want and any owner wants is for one of those bulls to be injured or uh you know um or hurt right yeah absolutely right. so now you so did you start you started riding bulls when you were younger
3: Oh uh, yes, I was younger. I was a teenager. I, I rode calves and and uh, near Hallettsville, Texas, where they just some guys started bringing some bucking bulls up to the up to the park and I used to sneak out of the house on on Thursday nights and uh, and go get on bulls and my mom one not while why I was all scratched up and beat up and you know, you're not playing football aren't you it's not football season no, <laughs> not really but <laughs> and that's kind of how I got started and I just never never wanted to, I don't want to say never want to do anything else but that was I was passionate about it from from jump and I've always wanted to do uh you know big and and better and better things uh with it. So after college when I was able to you know ride again and focus back on that I just started focusing on the bulls and didn't look back.
0: Yeah. Now in college, you said you you ran track.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I ran track at Texas Southern University. I was uh, actually field events. I long jumped and and I ran on some relays.
0: Got you. And your and your track coach wouldn't let you rodeo during that time, huh?
3: Oh no. He was like, hey, you know, uh, I I know how you cowboys do, and you're not <laughs> going to bring that da da crap over here now. Yeah. And, you know, leave on the weekends and come back all banged up. We're investing a lot of money into you. And I was like, okay, coach. and uh, and, and I had just come off a bad experience because I'd made it to state by uh, going into my uh, well my senior year and track and and I went to a high school rodeo and uh, got hooked and was stepped on pretty bad. I mean, stepped in my chest, huh. stitches in my sprungum sack, yeah. you know, broke my shoulder and and wasn't able to compete in the state meet my senior year. And so my track coach was like, "Look, we're going to bring you on, your but you're not going to bring that rodeo crap
0: here with you." <laughs> <laughs> so then, when then when you got when you graduated college, did did you uh, did you get your PRCA card or IPRA or?
3: Well, uh, not not right away. I actually went to uh, I was I started working on my on my on my master. So I moved to Beaumont, Texas, to go to Lamar Lamar University, and I so I went on an internship with a. Um, a safety supply company that supplied uh well safety equipment to the chemical plants in that area and uh, so i was like this uh warehouse supervisor and they had this kid used to come in all the time and he was all beat up all the time and i'm wondering i was like dude you, you know you're getting your butt kicked all the time or are you fighting or what he was like uh no oh, man i ride bulls i go practice ride bulls on wednesday night i says ride bulls i said with you sometime and um, uh, and we went, and it was uh, near Orange, Texas, yeah. and I went with them one uh, Wednesday evening after work, and uh, I think they paid five bucks, and they were getting on all the bulls they can, but they had this one little bull that nobody wanted to get on, and they were, oh, that bull's mean, he hooks the snot out of everybody, and I'm thinking, you know, I want to be bad, you know, I stick my chest out, I was like, hey, I'll get on it, you
2: know,
3: and, uh, he was a uh, kind of a little flat spinner to the right. He was kind of hooky. I got away from him, though, but, and, and I rode him, and that just lit a fire back in me. I was like, "Oh no, this is I'm, I'm back." <laughs> so I just kind of picked up from there. And then, after about I don't know six months, that's when I got my IPR and RCA card.
0: Yeah, it's funny yeah. you say it. funny you say that because uh, when I had Sean on last week, he he said the same deal. You know, he he was talking about how he never even really knew how to ride a horse, and said he still doesn't, but he went and got on some steers, and and he said, "Man, after just one time getting on, he was just like hooked, and it was just like no yeah. looking back." Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I know, I know Sean personally, and he's uh, he's he's a good friend, and he's he's definitely passionate about it. I mean, he's uh, I haven't seen him in a while. I think it was maybe about a, about a year ago. We were able to kind of uh, chop it up at an event somewhere. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, he's very passionate about. It.
0: Yeah. So, how many bulls do you haul at a time when you when you head out to uh, to a bull ride?
3: Um, it just it depends on the competition I'm going to. Uh, like this, <clears throat> to uh, when I go to Casper, I'm taking two teams, so I'm taking six bulls you with know, me. Just okay. three bulls per team. Uh, just this past weekend, I was in Abilene, Texas, at the Spring Flame. I took uh, five bulls, which were two charity bulls I bucked with the dummy. Uh, Two classic bulls. That's the four-year-old PBR classic bulls, and also on maturity, which is the bulls that are five and older. Uh, but sometimes when I go up north uh, to like to the Benitas or to the TBBA's, I may take you know ten or twelve um, of the younger dummy dummy bulls because there's they uh, there's so many different classes that you can actually enter right. that I really like, which is like like what they call an 85 slide, 87 slide. And then there's an open because the the bulls are they're so tough now. I mean, you can go to some places and not even you can and, and go ninety and not even play. So they've created other classes for some of the of the lesser bulls to go. So and of course we all have lesser bulls, so I'm able to break some eighty five to eighty seven and some open bulls all at once. So it just varies on the on the competition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. now the pbr's got their new deal where they're doing they've got the teams uh, i i can't remember if it's that what is it six or seven teams i think uh and and yeah. that's that's a whole different uh deal than than the regular tour right yeah it
3: it it is and it's uh, there's a lot of investment there's a lot of uh um, money you know in, involved in that some of the companies and uh uh or the or the wealthier you know people who can afford it have Basically purchased and bought these team franchises, very similar to the way we purchased the 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 Velocity team franchise. But right. these are actual uh, teams, like if they were a football team or a right. basketball team. And these these guys, the, the Bull Riders will be drafted into these teams and paid like an annual salary uh, for this. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely a, a move in the in, in the right direction, I think, for Bull Riding.
0: Yeah. I did, I did not know that, that they actually were going to be paid salaries. That's very interesting.
3: Oh yeah. That'll but Yeah. So these, you got these guys up in there, some of these uh, the guys who would click to, I mean, they're, they're hitting the gym and right. You know, they're watching their stats and they're focusing on, on, on bull riding and getting their heads right. So they can be drafted into, into these team
0: deals. Yeah. That's so great. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting uh, that, uh, you know the PBr is just has it, done what they've done because they've they've created this whole momentum in this in this culture and uh it's just bringing it into mainstream yeah you know you know i yeah. it's like I seen where you know even uh uh dana white the u f c owns a bull now you know and yeah. Uh,
3: yeah actually i have he has uh three, four bulls over
0: me. oh he oh he does
3: yes a yeah. oh, yeah. matter of fact, one of his teams that I'm taking, that's his team. One of, his, one of the teams that I'm taking, the Casper, belongs to Dana White.
0: Okay, so you actually have his bulls. Yes, I, I'm his trainer. Oh, my gosh. So, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, so I, I remember on that, that show, um, the, the the show they have, looking for a fight, him and, uh, right. uh, you know, I, I remember when they, they went out and <laughs> they got on a bull and, you know, yeah. lasted – 1.2 seconds or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. That's, that's what, uh, that's what kind of sparked his interest there after he got off the boy, he was like, okay, you know, we're done. And by the way, what do you guys do around here? And then after we just kind of explained it to him, he was like, well, I want to buy a bull. And this was probably in 2016, I believe. Yeah. And he's on, he's on bulls since then.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it, actually the, the, I don't, I'm not sure what the what the uh, deal is now with it, but I, I believe that the, that the same company that ended up buying the UFC bought the PBR. Is that correct, or are they owned by them? Or?
3: Yes, Endeavor. Uh, Endeavor is the company who purchased uh, the PBR, and they actually own the PBR and the UFC. So the UFC and the PBR are actually sister companies.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, very cool. So you're heading up to uh, um, to Wyoming, you said, right?
3: Yes. to Casper Wyoming. I'll leave I'll leave Thursday to arrive Friday for the event Saturday.
0: You, and now, you, how many guys you got working with you when you go? You got to have a team with you to help take care of I the know, goals? Or?
3: I'm, I'm actually, I've got a, a couple guys. My son is in, involved in it with me, and uh, he does a lot of the uh, work around here. Him and, a, and another guy, uh, uh-huh. Jose Antaveras. Uh Those two just kind of hold things down while I'm on the road. I and mean, then I'll have a, a friend, uh, Damon Haynes. He'll probably go with me. He goes he goes with me to a lot of uh, a lot of events. Or yeah. a uh, former bull rider that's a really good friend of mine and we just kind of go
0: together. Yeah. Now does your son ride bulls at all or no he 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 doesn't.
3: Uh he he started out really good, you know, riding cabs and things like that. But his his mom just was like, <laughs> no, we're not gonna get caught up into what you've been doing all your life, you know. <laughs> yeah, she she didn't like coming to visit at the emergency room and you know they're holding up the the x-rays and my shoulders out of place or something's broken and she's like, No, I'm not putting my kids through that. Yeah. Now do you rope anything? Oh, I'm going go I was ahead. gonna say he's definitely he's definitely a, a hand. I mean he's definitely a the bull guy, even better than I am and and uh at some of those things. But uh but yeah they do they do pretty good.
0: That's great. Now do you guys rope or anything else or
3: I, I don't uh anymore um prior to me starting my own deal i'd go to jackpot ropings or open right. ropings, and uh, know, calf roping. but uh, i mean i'm i just turned fifty four years old now and knees aren't as good as they were so <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i mean I, I probably eventually will just play around again but i i'm just so 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 busy and
0: on the road every
3: weekend there's really just no time for anything else and i'm just trying to take advantage of of all I can, while I can. I
0: mean, I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially the way it, it, the, the sport's growing. And, and I, I did not know that. I mean, I know that, that these these uh, individuals bought these teams, you know, and, and they're team <laughs> owners just like, you know, the NBA and the, you know, Major League Baseball and NFL and all that. But I did not know that they were paying these guys salaries because that's a, man, that's a next level. Uh, because rodeo's always been, like you said earlier, uh, you know, yep. it's a gamble, man. I mean, you, right. you, you got to put your money up to play. And, uh, you know, um, so that's, that's great to see. I did not, I did not know that. That's so cool. That's,
3: that's right. And, I mean, and another cool thing about it, even, uh, and I need to know, or I say need to know, or, or, or like, we'll eventually find out more details about it, but each team franchise will have like a, a salary cap. So it's like, a billionaire can't go in there and get the top five guys in the world. You don't have X amount of dollars gotcha. to, uh, to spend
0: on your guys. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. So over the years, do you, do you have a, a, a favorite bowl or favorite couple bowls over the years? I mean, this can even, you know, in the past and, and then up till now, do you, have, do you have any favorites or?
3: Yeah. Um, actually the, the, the favorite, my favorite bowl, um, it was, it was a bull that I uh, had a hand in raising and training it was called ZY He's Twisted which actually this bull just passed away last week he was a uh, $500,000 winner mm-hmm. in uh, in Las Vegas in 2015 and uh, and the reason I this bull just kind of stands out to me because this was the bull that I actually trained that I had my hands on every day that really let me know that I could do what I'm doing
2: and right.
3: um, I was basically turned loose with this bull, and he was—I mean, the meanest. I mean, he was the ugliest. I mean, he would—he was—he was was everything that you didn't want in a bucking bull. I mean, just absolutely mean. And every single day, man, this bull would get out of the arena, and I put him in the chute and work him. And at one point, he even—he was bucking so hard and wrapped his tail around my neck and almost pulled me in the chute. I mean, he was just something else. And I finally got this bull to a point to where. He was sort of manageable uh we took him out to vegas and he uh turned back in the cage buck and won five hundred thousand. Yeah. and uh so that's probably had to been my favorite you know experience but i mean there's been a number of bulls on miss kitty's peacemaker the owners eventually early on wanted to send him to the sale point because he would jump kick across the pen
2: right
3: and i said well i, I said if it's feasible and the money's there please give this bull a chance throughout, you know, to the end of the year. I say, cause I see characteristics in this bull that he could be, he could be great. Cause I mean, he was kicking the lights out. I mean, yes, he's jumping, kicking, but if I can ever get this bull to turn back, he'll be 90 every time. And this was back when 90 wasn't, you know, wasn't that problem.
2: Right.
3: And, uh, and sure enough, uh, the last quarter of the year, this, we got this bull to start turning back and he went on to be a $500,000. Um, uh, another bull stands out is, uh, I starting like my daddy, you know, starting like my daddy, you know, was a bull that, uh, that I hauled and, and starting like my daddy was great. But the one big event that really was great, I guess, for me. And I mean, I'll tell my, you know, I'll tell my grandkids about it is, um, we were number one in the world for about three or four days. Uh-huh. We went into, went into Vegas, uh, in the classic round and won the first and, and won won the classic round, the first round. So that was that was pretty awesome because, I mean, it's competition out there is is heavy and I mean, it's rough. So to go out there and win against the greatest bulls in the world. And this is back when Smooth Operator was in the same class and yes. Long John was in the same class.
2: Yeah.
3: If you remember those bulls. Oh, yeah. So, of yeah. course, the second round, uh, Long John got his act together and was a bunch of points and uh, smooth operator. He got himself together, too. and end up knocked down to fifth overall but it was it was pretty exciting to to win against those bulls um you know the first round so yeah those some of the bulls have really really kind of stayed out in the past
0: yeah you know it's funny i i'm always attracted to the names of bulls like when i think back um like chicken on a chain i, I love that bull because of his name you know and, and yeah. like little yellow jacket and i mean all those those bulls were you Know back in the day, but just but then when you mentioned smooth operator, too, that's another one. I mean, that's a, a yeah. name that sticks out to me, you know. And and uh, w- you know, I, I it's like naming anything, I guess, but but the 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 bulls have pretty cool names. And and yeah. you know, does, is it something that happens, or is this just something that you're just like, you know, uh, hey, I'm just gonna we're just gonna name this bull, you know, this name, right? Well, uh, I, I think there's uh, you know, like
3: like. F F bomb, uh um, one of Dana's bulls. We call him right. F bomb. Right. Because uh, you know, yeah, well, I if I can say that or not. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, well, well Dana has this deal he calls Fucking Friday. Yes, oh, yeah, yes. That's his yes. Favorite word. Yeah. So uh so his he had one of his bulls is called the F bomb. <laughs> right, right. And um and then we have a bull called Sour Diesel. And I asked the previous owner, I was like, well, Why would you name this bull sour Diesel? He was like, oh, because one day I, when I went to pick him up, I had some water in my tank and my truck wouldn't start. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said the diesel was sour with water, so he called the bull on his train of sour diesel, and he still has this this this, uh, this name today. date. So uh, those names, they kind of come by just by um, association you know, or just, something. Yeah, association, whatever's on someone's mind at that yeah. particular time. Like I personally have a bull I call I named coronavirus, and I named him coronavirus prior to the virus actually coming over here. Oh, my I was God. Watching, I was watching the news, and I was like, man, they've got a virus going on over there on the other side of the world. And I had this bullet, and I named him coronavirus.
0: Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, it hit.
3: Yeah. Like, you know, oh goodness, who knew?
0: Yeah, know? yeah. No kid, That's funny. Well, I think, uh, didn't Dana have a bull called Stank Face at one time, too?
3: Yes, he had Stank Face. Uh, and Stank Face was a Stank Face because he's so mean. I mean, he this bull with the hook, the snot out of everybody. Yeah. We had a hard time really, you know, getting out on him all the time. Uh, he was a decent bull once he got out, but he was definitely stank face
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so you know when you talk about training the bulls you know like in in getting the bulls to turn back uh, some bulls i'm i assume probably naturally turn back but do you guys do specific things i mean i know like like with the fraternity bulls you see you know they got the i i'm not sure what that apparatus is called that you put on it you know with the flank and the and the like the simulated rider yeah Yeah, the body what's that called
3: it's a, it's actually just a dummy, and dummy. Uh, okay. there's there's just um, you take it like a girth like you would have on a horse, right? And they just click into the sides, you know, of them. And then we carry this little remote, and you just click the button like a belt, and it just kind of pops off. Um, and that's on the on the on the younger bulls. But right. the, the way we train with those, and just say a bull's jump kicking across the pen, and that's the issue that he has. Right. Well, the minute he turns one way or the other, you know, we hit the button and click it off. Gotcha. in hopes that he thinks that, hey, this is what I need to do to get this thing off my back. Gotcha. And that probably works about 80 to 90 you know, percent of bulls. So it's training them that way.
0: Gotcha. OK. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things you do then in terms of yeah. like.
3: That's that's one. And also every now and then and I use it as a last resort. Some people use it as an early resort, but I use it as a last resort. I like the bull to make up his mind, what he wants to do or what's, what he's comfortable with. Right. Is uh. They'll put panels, sort of just outside the buck and shoot to force the bull to go, you know, a certain direction. And like I said, I've used I've used that technique, and uh, hasn't always been that uh, that effective, but it is uh, effective to some extent. And with uh, some uh, larger bulls, like we use a rider, where we just really don't have much control over them. I like to put multiple trips on because I just being around thousands and thousands of these dudes, I just really believe they have a number in their head that says, Hey, I'm going to try this X amount of times. And then I'm going to try something different. And, um, and if you buck them enough, they'll eventually try something different. And normally what they'll, that's something different is exactly what you want to get out of him. Like turning back in the gate Right. at a bull this weekend that would, um, Belongs to, uh, you know, s or or Tom Selman over in Midland, Texas. Right. And this bull would always go out two or three, had this really long jump, get the guys out on the end of their arm and turn back real hard and throw somebody off. Right. Well, the bull didn't perform well. He didn't get any points. So I started, you know, bucking him through the week prior to events, just trying to hurry up and get these trips on him. And sure enough, he was right in the gate um, just this past weekend and we won the uh, you know won the first round with that bull and i think what contributed to that was just putting up putting some trips on this bull to get him to try different things and sure enough the thing that i wanted him to to do he tried at this particular event
0: right that's great uh, um so now you have all all the bulls are they on your ranch now i mean is that do you keep them all there is that where they're... yes yes i do yeah, and and how and mm-hmm. I know this is a question. You know, you're not supposed to ask cattle ranchers how many cattle you got, but uh, general number of bulls that you're taking care of at one time in Holland. Um,
3: uh, about thirty.
0: Thirty. Um, okay.
3: Thirty bulls. I've probably got maybe fifty on the on the place total. Uh, and I've recently acquired a bunch of cattle. I've got uh, like fifty, you know, fifty mamas, which I'll probably dwindle down to about about thirty.
0: And now you got so two. Yeah, that's it. It's
3: probably about 100 about 100 head total.
0: Yeah. Now, are those are those cows uh, do you have a breeding program too?
3: Well, actually, I'm just that's uh, part of the purchase is just to start a, a breeding program because up until now or actually up until next year, right. Uh, if you were to come to me and said, "Hey, I uh, you know, what do I need to do to own a bucking bull?"
2: Right. Of
3: course, I have breeder friends, you know, all over the all over the country. I find right. out what you want, what part of the game that you want to play. Right. If you say, "Hey, you know, I just want to start off with a uh, with the young calf and just kind of go from there," and then I'll just, you know, go to some of my breeders and uh, and you know and find them, a, you know, a calf that's that fits their price range, and we go from there. Gotcha. Uh, but but in the future, I want to have something to, uh, or I'm going to have something to offer. So whenever you. Call and say, hey, what well, do I need to own a bucking bull? Then I can just lay it out and say, okay, well, this is this is what I have to choose from, or we can go
0: outside of what I have. Gotcha, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what uh, what's the price range uh, if someone was interested? I mean, I mean, I know, I know it's probably a real broad spe- spectrum, but <laughs> you know, just uh, basic price ranges to to get into it.
3: Yeah, well, to to get into it, I mean, it it takes you know, to effectively feed one and care for one, it'll cost about $300 a month, I mean, just in in feed hay, um, you look at maybe some some meds, right. uh, you know, medicines and uh, wormers and things like that. So you're looking at about 300, about 300 a, a head and then uh, I don't know what other people, you know, charge or how they do their program, but I have like a $3 a day, uh, you know, labor. You know, right to, to take care of and, and train the bull so that comes out around let's say you know five to six a month just to uh you know kind of keep one now the bull itself just depending on that bull's ability and where he is in his uh in his training
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, those bulls can be anywhere from 2500 to 10 15 20
2: 30 thousand on up uh, yeah
3: there was a bull purchased from uh Jerome and Tiffany davis here just a couple of weeks ago uh, for 150 thousand. I um, mean so just um just depending on you know who wants it and how bad they want it
0: right yeah, that's crazy and then mm-hmm. and then it, genetically you know with uh you know AI and everything is 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 that a is that a big deal in in uh in 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 the bull mm-hmm. programs as well
3: yeah that's uh that's a that's a pretty big deal in some of the uh some of the larger programs who have the ability to do that well you know' like that the pages of dnh cattle company right they have an extraordinary you know ai you know yeah. program uh, billy james uh with exclusive genetics before it shut down you know we ai you know 99 of everything because we were creating 300 bulls a year Man. Um, we we had maybe you know eight or ten cows that just threw a bull out on you know just to see what happens to them but for the most part to create 300 bulls you're, you have to do an AI program, and that's what the pages utilize. And and what they'll do is is identify a cow that's a really good producer, right? And identify and you know put some of these uh, buckers on those on those cows. You know they'll go flush those cows, get you know 20 to 30 eggs off of them, um, <clears throat> fertilize those uh, those eggs with different bulls, you know semen, and um, so this one cow can basically have if you divide that a half. She may have, you know, eight, 10 or 12 sons that you go through to see, uh, you know, what's good and what's, you know, what crosses work and what crosses don't work and whatever works, you sort of repeat that to try right. to get, uh, try to get the same, same result.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's definitely a science. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, I, I always ask everybody the, the same three questions. Uh, mm-hmm. First one. Do you have a favorite hat brand? Oh um,
3: yeah, American Hat Company.
0: American hats, okay.
3: Yeah, American Hat, That's, that's the favorite. I, I like I like a lot of them, but I guess yeah, that's what I. That's what I'm exposed to. That's what I'm around all the time, and that's they're the nearest in every store. So yeah, but I like
0: them. Yeah, very cool. How about boots? You got a favorite boot brand?
3: Uh, Luke
0: Casey. Luke Casey's okay. Yeah. And how about Western movies? You got a favorite? western or cowboy movie uh
3: all of all of Clint eastwoods i've got the whole everything yeah fistful of dollars a yeah. few dollars more uh pale rider yeah whole nine yards outlaw josie wells yeah all of those are my my
0: favorites yeah very cool well dennis hey man i i appreciate you taking the time to come on and 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 uh you know educate us on the uh on the bull industry. Uh, I, it's super exciting with, with everything that's happening, uh, you know, in the industry and, uh, uh you know, it, it, I, I think you, you got a, you got a big future ahead of you with all this stuff, huh?
3: Well, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm, that's what I'm trying to, trying to do. Uh, you know, back when I was riding Oklahoma cowboy, Irvin Williams, uh, took me under his wing when a couple of, couple of rodeos and I went somewhere and wanted bull riding that I was surprised that I'd won because all the big time guys were there and kind of got a little emotional. He's like, what's going on? I was like, man, I can't believe, I can't believe I won. I can't believe I beat you guys. And he said, why not you? And that just stuck with me and everything I do, everything. Why not me? Absolutely, man. When I go to the arena every day or every weekend, why not me winning this whole thing? Absolutely. And I stick with that.
0: That's, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great thing to live by. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Hey man, again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, great, great. Finally meeting you at least virtually here. Uh, I know we, we messaged quite yeah. a bit, but, uh, uh, you, when you, you taking off today to head to, to Wyoming or.
3: No, uh, I won't leave until Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. My, my days are just, uh, basically Well, I've got my, I've notified my son and then I was going to be a little late coming in. So, they fed everything. But what I normally do is go and maybe pin some things different and I'll run some younger ones to the shoot, you know, after afternoon, just part of the daily training. And then Thursday I will uh, load up everything about, uh, I don't know, five or six o'clock in the morning and drive up to Amarillo to skip Jones place, a good friend of mine. And that's where I lay over and uh, get up Friday morning and, and uh, head on to uh, Casper.
0: Nice. Well, Hey, when you, when you, get back out uh, Arizona way. If you get out here on one of these deals, we'll, we'll stay in contact. And uh, I'd love to hook up at one of the events and, and meet in person.
3: Definitely will. That sounds, sounds good.
0: All right, Dennis. Well, hey, man, you have a good rest of your day. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk soon.
3: Sounds good, man. Take care.
0: Thanks right. for having me. You bet. All right.
1: Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up on rock. And I sit down a cooler, I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pen We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the rope and pen Can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies. Kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve down at the rope and Yeah, we don't do it for the money. You yeah, were always broke. Just ask Clint, what do paid pay to rope? Now he's lost a dozen wives, half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pen. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends. No matter who wins, down at the rope and pay. Well, I ain't no player's speed, But i give her hell, hey you never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems, by God, we're gonna solve them. Down at the Roman Pen, we'll see y'all again next weekend. Down at the Roman Pen, down at the Roman